0: listening to the podcast A Resonant Life produced by The Time Is Now Productions. I am Mike Thompson, your host and reflector in chief. In this podcast, we will discuss experiences and insights from living a life devoted to uncovering the authentic self and finding fulfilling purpose from the past, the present, and the future. This podcast is a product of my life and experience and I'll share my opinions. Opinions between people are various and we don't all need to hold the same ones. But it is fun to hear the opinions of others as it gives us an opportunity to freshen up our own. If you enjoy and gain insight from listening, please subscribe and share. If you have questions, please email them. And as always, nothing you hear here is a proscription or a prescription. It is a discussion of life and life's internal and external experiences. So let's get to it. And welcome. Welcome back. Thank you for joining and listening to another episode of A Resonant Life. I'm so happy to have you. So today's discussion will be kind of current events topical. We're in turbulent times, globally, and social and political upheaval coupled with environmental worries and calamities, as well as threats of war and military actions, all of this can really overwhelm us. It's it's hard enough going about our daily lives in calmer times if we can ever even remember calmer times, but tending and raising families, working, earning a living, being a community, being community members, responsible contributors, and then adding all these macro challenges, climate, politics, all of this can lead us to feel hopeless, powerless, and victimized. It can also cause us to feel anger and even rage and outrage. But screaming curses at the TV or hurling invective online doesn't relieve the pressure or bring us back to a calm center. Okay, okay. It can be momentarily satisfying, right? Um, but, But shouting at the TV doesn't really change anything, doesn't change anybody's minds, doesn't change anybody's actions or behaviors. Nor does the opposite, curling up into a ball and trying to hide from the world. My own personal trigger is obsessing over how famous, influential, wealthy people seem to easily evade justice whenever they commit crimes, and feeling sort of a laissez-faire attitude about committing crimes, the rules don't apply to them, or cheating others, or trampling over the less wealthy, the less powerful. I especially get worked up when I hear about money meant to relieve people suffering from a disaster ending up in the pockets of the custodians of that money. For example, I just read about one country receiving billions of dollars in relief for the pandemic and it all disappeared. Where did it go? It just drives me crazy and I want to shout to the universe. Uh, Another one that gets me. Elderly people being cheated out of their retirement funds, whether it's by um, people swindling them and tricking them or people promising them something in exchange for their donations. And also overt, even subtle racism. The feelings of outrage that overwhelm me are indescribable. But my outrage doesn't bring justice to anyone in any way, in any circumstance. Basically my outrage serves no one and it especially doesn't help me at all. What's your trigger? What causes you outrage? Are there specific things or is it more general? It is important to hone in on what causes us outrage and to know our triggers. Really, it's a first step to harnessing and refocusing energy. So the next time you find yourself howling into the void, or firing off a vicious tweet, or a rant about some unjust or awful actions of someone, use our now well-practiced technique that we've talked about here in a resonant life. Breathe. Breathe deeply into the lowest part of your belly. Let that breath calm and center you. This is the beginning of our alchemy. And that's the title of this episode, Spiritual Alchemy. From a Buddhist perspective, we always want to look objectively at the causes and effects of our actions. For every cause, there's an effect. That's the rule of karma, right? So whether these actions are physical, verbal, or mental, or some combination of the three. In Buddhism, verbal, mental, and physical actions are traditionally described as actions of body, speech, and mind. And bringing body, speech, and mind in conformance or in sync and harmony with our true buddha nature the part of all living beings that is the seed of enlightenment this is the way we awaken to enlightenment this is the way we can awaken to our authentic selves for our more humble purposes it is the way we can begin to experience a life of abiding happiness okay So where are we with this spiritual alchemy right now? Step one, recognize and learn our triggers. Breathe through and calm down. Then study them. Study the triggers. Understand what triggers our outrage. Look at it closely. This is a great meditation, a great thought exercise. So it's important to understand that we are not our emotions our emotions are emotions states of mind they're like clouds that pass overhead through a clear blue sky temporary and this is really important to internalize even our language sort of belies this a little bit we say i am angry i am outraged well Not really, you are who you are, but you're feeling anger, you're feeling outrage, right? So it's important to even look at our language and how we're thinking about it. So to internalize this, clouds, our emotions are like clouds, they pass. They cover the blue sky, but they pass. But if we attach to a particular emotion, outrage say, and we're feeling more and more outrage because the news keeps coming at us and they keep dishing up. The algorithms keep dishing up that which triggers us. If we attach to it, then it can become more fixed. That cloud passing in the sky can become overcast. It becomes more fixed. This emotion becomes more fixed, more steady, more consistent. It gets a hold on us, on our minds. First, it becomes a mood, like clouds in the sky, that slow down and linger. But if we continue to attach to it, let us control us, an emotional state goes from becoming a mood to becoming a mindset. If outrage or any negative emotion is our mindset, the clear blue sky of our true nature, becomes overcast, as I mentioned. And so it becomes so overcast consistently that we forget that there is actually a clear blue sky behind it. Now this is symbolic, right? But literally, we lose touch with happiness. If we attach to those negative states of mind, we become those negative states of mind. You are angry. You are outraged. Instead of, You feel anger or you feel outrage. We don't want to be locked into being angry, where we change from feeling angry to being angry to becoming and remaining angry. We don't want to go down that path. Or another negative emotion we don't want to be feeling jealous, to being jealous to remaining in a state of jealousy, with that as our overriding mindset. Negative emotions, negative states of mind. Rather, don't we want to feel joy and become joyful? Don't we want to be happy and remain happy? This is a more positive way to live one's life, right? That might sound judgmental, but certainly joy is something that radiates out and helps others. Light shines onto others. Darkness sucks in. Negativity. So just as all emotions radiate out, if we're radiating out negative emotions, then we're potentially also hurting others. Our negative emotions broadcast actually cause harm. And if it isn't literal harm, it at least pushes people away. We might even be pushing away people whom we love and whom we need in our lives. If we are in a negative mindset, manifesting negative emotions, we are potentially hurting others. We are causing disharmony. We are weaving a spell of negativity around us. In that world, it's a world of conflict, and it's a world of alienation, and it's a world of loneliness and a world of hurt. This is not what we're after. This mindset of hating life or being angry with the things or the people around us or our circumstances, our jobs, whatever, this is all part of what Buddhists call samsara. Samsara is basically our transmigration through phenomenal existence, from infinite time before to infinite time after." Big words. So phenomenal existence. That's that's just a fancy way of saying that we're born, and that we live, and that we die. And Buddhists would say, by reincarnation, that we do that over and over and over again, from beginningless time to endless time. And we are reincarnated in different realms and different contexts and different forms, and different lives, none resembling who we think we are at this point in time, and all dependent upon our karma, our accumulated good actions and our accumulated bad actions throughout beginningless time. The good things, the bad things, the tally, the tally of all of our actions of body, speech, and mind. A cycle of birth, life, death, over and over and over. But, okay, that's a little bit overwhelming. It's an overwhelming concept to wrestle with and might distract us from finding happiness in the here and now and focusing on our spiritual alchemy. So let's just focus on that, okay? I wanted to provide some larger context. But anyway, let's zoom in. So at any rate, big concept, small concept. We change all of this, right? Our spiritual alchemy. How? How? From our first step of learning our triggers that we talked about a little earlier, and breathing, we move on to the next step. The next step, we change the present context. Then we change the foundation. Then we change the future, or at least the trajectory we are on to a particular future. So we change the present context by changing ourselves. And the changes that we implement are not necessarily natural or intuitive. So it takes work. It takes effort. It takes conscious determination. And in fact, often these changes that we're going to make are unintuitive or anti-intuitive. So it's going to take work. And we've talked about this in every episode, I think. This is the, the chemical reagent of our spiritual alchemy, this doing what is not intuitive. We change the present context of our outrage or jealousy or anger or whatever negative emotional state we're struggling with. We change our present context from focusing on the source of our negative emotion to focusing our attention on how we can help someone in our lives, how we can help someone else. So instead of writing an angry missive and sending that off into the ether or shouting curses at our TV, we stop, we breathe, we look at the trigger and we think about somebody we love and what we can do for them. We mentally, consciously, intentionally shove aside, just shove it aside, shove aside our self-focused negative emotion and its cause It's trigger, we shove it aside, clear the table, sweep it away and look at those in our immediate surroundings. How can I do something for them? At least one of them. How can I do something concrete and positive and helpful? And then I do something concrete, positive and helpful for that person. This is exercising our altruistic muscles. This is also symbolically remembering, recalling the clear blue sky that exists on the other side of the clouds of our negative emotions. That blue sky is there no matter what. No matter how many clouds. No matter... How much fog or haze, the clear blue sky is there? We simply need to recall it, remember it, and then clear away the clouds so that we can see it, experience it. Spiritual alchemy, breathing, learning our triggers, concretely helping someone with something. The more we exercise our altruistic muscles through repeated acts of kindness and generosity and help to others, the more altruistic our actions of body, speech, and mind will become and will become second nature. Rather than surrendering to the urge to scream to the TV, to shout into the void, to whip out invective to our perceived enemies, to scream, our initial urge will be to help others. Retraining our minds. Do you see? We're not, this is important, we're not changing the trigger. We're not eliminating the trigger. We're not trying to suppress the trigger. We're not denying what triggers us. We're not trying to erase our sense of justice, fairness, or what is right. No, no. What we're doing is hacking our mind. Changing the default for how our mind reacts and what our mind tells us to do. Symbolically, instead of spitting poison, we're offering flowers. Think of that famous photograph from student protests during the Vietnam War, where this woman is walking down a line of National Guardsmen all pointing rifles, and she puts a daisy into the barrel of each gun. If you haven't seen that picture, try to find it. It's really wonderful. So our response to that which outrages us or causes us to feel jealous or depressed or negative, our response is not to curl up or to lash out, our response is to help someone, to help others. So all of this isn't to say that we shouldn't engage in political activity either, or political action, or protests when necessary, or acting to advance, defend, and preserve rights. No, no, we're not giving any of this up. We're not putting it aside. We're not deprecating it, or putting a lower priority on it we will put forward an agenda piece of equality. These are all positive actions. And they are especially positive if we do them with a sense of hope and positivity instead of outrage. Spiritual alchemy. People are gonna listen to a happy person trying to talk about equality. They're gonna hear from a happy person. Nobody really hears from, listens to an angry person. So doing things for others and putting that foremost in our hearts and minds, we will become baseline, happier people. And the more baseline happy we are, the more we experience steady, abiding happiness. And then we will be less and less inclined to react negatively with outrage by the inequities of life, rather, We will be motivated, triggered to positive, altruistic action. We will be motivated to look around and act with kindness, generosity, and gentleness. In this, we become individual forces of peace, happiness, and joy. And our lives affect positively the lives around us. And if we all affect one life around us positively, what happens? What happens? A chain reaction, an unstoppable chain reaction of positivity. And while this might seem far-fetched, while it might seem impossible, while it might seem naive and idealistic, while it might seem out of reach, It isn't. Every positive action has a positive effect. This is most assured. And positive effects are much better than negative ones. So our spiritual alchemy. With our transmutation so far, we've used negative emotional triggers to spur us to change our negative emotions and reactions to positive ones, and triggered us to act concretely, positively, and altruistically for someone else, for others. But like an ad on TV, but wait, there's more. To explain, I'll start with me and my example. Being outraged and enraged, when wealthy and powerful people steal from the public through corruption and deceit. Oh, it's a trigger. And then they escape the consequences of their crimes and their bad actions and hypocritically victimize others or float off on their yachts and enjoy some materialistic, bountiful life. Just drives me mad. So it's great that I've identified this trigger and use it to generate a positive emotion that spurs me to altruistic actions. But there's another step and this is the ultimate spiritual alchemy and this is hard and this is as if not more anti-intuitive and it may be a step that you can't take it might take some time it might be a step you can't ever take but listen and hear me out and give it a, give it a try so me i need to change i need to change to transmute and transform how I see the people and situations that trigger me. Is it possible? I have to believe it is. So let's do a logical walkthrough here. I judge the people who trigger my outrage negatively. And if I'm letting my emotion control me, if I'm letting an emotion of outrage be a mindset of outrage, I'm judging them for who they are. But if I back off a bit, if I am not letting my outrage control me, if I'm using it as a trigger to do something good, then my better self is in control, my happier self. In this, I can see that it is their actions that outrage me. But I've made the mistake of being outraged by them, by their very being, rather than their actions. Just like when we looked at ourselves, I am not angry, I have an emotion of anger. Just like that. But, so like I do not have to be my emotions, they aren't necessarily their actions. So, Negatively judging others on their nature, on their character, puts me in a negative frame of mind. And it also puts me in a position where I think and believe I can judge, or that I have the moral high ground. Negatively judging others on their nature and character denies them humanity. Judging on their nature, I make of them an object. I dehumanize. And this is not a path to happiness. This is not a path of joy. This takes our project off the rails. So this step gets tricky. It is not moral relativism or objectivism where there are no objective right or wrong actions. It is not that. This is internal work. These are mind hacks. So this this step requires that we humanize those whose actions outrage us by recognizing they are not their actions. And in this slight shift of understanding, it Becomes possible to see that someone who does horrible things might very well be someone who is also suffering, someone who is deeply, profoundly unhappy, someone who is lost, lonely, afraid, terrorized of what we can never know, but those might be the way that person feels be assured that people who are oppressing or acting cruelly to others who are taking advantage who are stealing cheating they suffer too i don't think for a single moment that they're not suffering they are probably not conscious of their suffering rather they are reacting and acting to stave off that awareness, that awareness of suffering, that awareness of fear, terror, want, need, loneliness, whatever it is, it's too, it's too much. They can't take it so they do everything they can to push it away. And often hurting others, cheating others is a great way to do it, apparently. So they're keeping ahead. Maybe they're keeping ahead of their sense of suffering and angst and, and ennui and fear just by chasing, chasing, chasing and stepping on all who get in the way. But they, like all living beings, suffer. All living beings suffer on some level. And so knowing this and knowing that what every being wants ultimately. And that which drives almost all actions of every living being is to be happy. Whatever they think happiness is. It's just that we all pursue it in different ways. And if we're doing so without awareness, without intentionality, if we're pursuing happiness without compassion and understanding, then we are probably also doing so destructively and hurting others in our own pursuits of happiness. This is why we bring intentionality, compassion, understanding, and altruism to our actions. So through this slight crack, through this slight peek at the other, looking and seeing that they might be suffering, recognizing and acknowledging their humanity, we can actually start to feel compassion for those who hurt, for those who cheat, for those who steal for those who oppress, for those who cause us outrage. And feeling compassion for the oppressor, the thief, the cheat, the cruel, the thoughtless, the corrupt, the narcissist, the heedless, feeling compassion for the most loathsome people, we rise above any clouds covering that clear blue sky from our view. We rise above our own negative emotions and mindsets. We become agents of kindness, generosity, and support. We are filled with grace, which touches all those in our lives positively. We reach a level of abiding happiness where even our enemy, who once caused us mindless outrage, now is our key to awakening compassion. Our enemy, our oppressor becomes the key to awakening, the key to uncovering compassion. We act in this world with our actions, our words, and our thoughts, body, speech, and mind. If these are nothing but positive actions, fueled by compassion and lifted by happiness, we become the peace in the world that we want to see. Thank you so much for joining in this discussion today. We're all made better when we try together to generate our own happiness, as well as engender happiness in others by acting with the intent to be of help. I look forward to next time. And until then, please take care and keep working on uncovering your authentic self and living a resonant life. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, please subscribe and share. If you'd like to share your own experience, thoughts, or ask a question, please send an email to mike at resonant With gratitude, theme music is courtesy of stock audios distributed by Pixabay. A Resident Life is a podcast from the Time Is Now Productions.